I'm David Woodshale, Director of Marketing and Communications at Amber and VGA, and you're listening to the Ambition Podcast. With more and more business schools focusing on diverse and innovative forms of teaching and learning, I was keen to speak to Antonella Moretto, Senior Assistant Professor at MIT Polytechnical de Milano, to find out more about open programs, specialist programs, and tech innovation being spearheaded at her school. I was interested in learning more about the range of open programs available at the school, as well as some of the specialized master programs they offer. But I also took some time to discuss her own views on supply chain management, especially with regard to how supply chains might be transformed in the future following the effects of COVID-19. Well, hi, Antonella. Thank you very much for taking the time to to speak to us today for the podcast. I thought it might be interesting if we started off with you telling us a little bit about yourself and and your career to date. Thank you very much, David, for the invitation. It's really my pleasure to be here. So about today, currently, my my main duty is to be Associate Dean for Open Programs at the MIP, the Graduate School of Business of Politecnico di Milano, where, as my name suggests, I'm running all of the uh, open programs for MBA, Executive MBA, Specialized Master. Above this, uh, I'm also uh, teaching uh, for uh, my business school as well as for my university, purchasing and supply management. And uh, sometimes when I have uh, some time available, I do research uh, in the areas of uh, digital tools for purchasing, supply chain management, and a topic that uh, unfortunately is quite fancy nowadays, that is uh, supply chain finance. A very, very real then. Lots, lots of, lots of things to work on. Could you tell us a little bit about the open programs at MIP Polytechnic de Milano and, and perhaps some of the topics that the programs cover? So, in, as I mentioned before, in, in the open programs, actually, we have. Uh, uh, programs that uh, are covering topics that are pretty large. We range from uh, programs in general management that could be oriented to younger people, such as the MBA, or to senior people, such as the executive MBA. And apart from that, uh, we have uh, a series of uh, specialized masters covering topics very, very heterogeneous, so, such as uh, some uh, functions and departments. So we have uh, a master in marketing, we have a marketing, uh, master in operations and supply chain management, just to mention an example. So we have some topics uh, more focused on uh, some uh, new technologies, such as uh, big data analytics, that is quite important nowadays, or some uh, new trends, so the topic of uh, financial risk management uh, or, or fintech. We also have some uh, uh, specialized masters focused on specific domains. We are uh, increasing a lot of the, the attention to the public sector and uh, the role that, for example, digital transformation is playing for the public sector, and we have a bunch of masters in that direction, or for some specific industries. By living in Italy, being grounded in Italy as industry, for the moment we cover mainly the, the, the luxury industry as an example. And I know it's probably an impossible question to ask given the breadth of, of courses that you offer, but what does a typical candidate look like and, and what sort of experience would you look for from somebody hoping to take one of your courses? So the, the, the typical candidate, obviously, it's quite hard to identify because of this variety, for sure. First of all, because it's very different in terms of uh, seniority, it's very different in terms of uh, background. I think there are some uh, characteristics that uh, are, are common to all of our candidates. Is that uh, first of all, we attract from all over the world. We really want to be international, and that uh, we try to use also the digital tools in order to get in contact with people all around the world. 
data. But what it is really important for us, what we are really looking for our candidates, that is also maybe what it is recognized by the candidate to ourselves, is that uh, they need to be interested in the topic of uh, innovation. So they want to become innovators into the company. They really want to make a change of themselves and within the organization in which they live to become something that they want to change things. And they are doing this with practical roles. So one of the words that we like more is to try to shape new things. So consistently with our background, consistently with the approach that you're using First of all, selecting uh, the, the, the people and then running the programs, uh, we want to attract uh, people that want to become an innovators and that want to shape uh, the future uh, of uh, their organization. These are the two features uh, that we look for. Absolutely. And I guess in the current climate, business schools are always looking to innovate, come up with the best ways of delivering learning to, to, to students. Do you think that it, it's difficult to strike the balance between the offering of perhaps shorter thematic courses um, as well as longer courses in higher education, such as the MBA? How do, how do you strike that balance without being detrimental between the two? This is definitely a very hot topic in this moment and a very hot question because uh, uh, obviously it becomes still hard to understand whether MBAs are still attractive. In my view, they are definitely hard because uh, they are developing a sort of mindset that for the future managers is absolutely fundamental. In order to combine this, uh, what we are trying to do is to design all of the programs, especially the longer one, around the three main concepts. So the digitalization to allow you to also exploit some of the parts, for example, without leaving your, your job. Uh, a topic of uh, flexibility, because and the digitalization is the tool in order to be flexible and to be consistent with the specifications of each single student and innovation. So to always innovate in order to keep interesting for the current students. In order to combine this balance, we also try to give some opportunities of specializations into the longer programs such as the MDAs and to introduce some uh, so to, to, to allow, to personalize, and to be not just focused on general management, but also to uh, introduce uh, some specialized concepts also in this kind of program. Absolutely. And then just picking up on your point about specialization, I'm very interested to, to know a little bit more about MIP Politecnico de Milano's Luxury Management Master's Program. Um, this is something that we've written about an ambition and that we're very interested in, in finding out more about. In your opinion, what makes luxury management practices unique in, uh, and I suppose, the wider business market? Yeah, that's, that's uh, 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 another very important question. But luxury market is an over sector, if you think about it, because under the umbrella of the concept of luxury, you can range from uh, clothes to accessories, to uh, cars, watches, uh, yachts, uh, and whatever it is. So the, the real question mark is why the high-level sector of this industry is supposed to be similar to each other rather than and strongly different from the mass market. The reason is that in this industry there are some rules in terms of uh, critical suspect factors, elements that have to be taken into consideration that are fundamental to drive this strategy that are 
strongly different from what it happens and which are the rules in the mass market. So the capability to understand these logics, the capability to understand how much the processes, business plan, the business activities have to be customized in order to represent these unique competencies, in our view, still represents an area that makes sense to have specialized people. And uh, frankly speaking, this was something that we have started developing now since several years ago. We launched our first master that was 2012. Uh, we were not sure whether this was appreciated by companies, but actually this, the relevance of this topic is going more and more to have specialists that are in love with the industry, first of all, but also very specific in understanding the strategic dynamics operating there. And on, on the point of, of, of corporates, I was interested to see that you've, you've recently partnered with the Prada Group and you're already in partnership with um, Tanger. How does partnering with corporates in, in the luxury field help add value to the course and, and the student experience? I think that uh, the collaboration with these companies is, uh, is fundamental. We are, uh, used to say that we like to design and deliver the mastering partnership because uh, it's a way to be not just theoretical, but uh, to really introduce uh, the point of view of the companies, the needs of the companies, the mindset of the companies uh, into the master. For sure, we have other companies involved, but having uh, two such important uh, partners is the way to design the program together to be sure that we have been developing the kind of competencies that these companies are facing. They bring real challenges, real projects, real case studies to the students. So for example, just, just mentioning an example, this year Prada launched a business challenge for our students discussing about the contribution that the digital transformation could play for sustainability. They work on this for a few months uh, in groups and then they have the chance to present their idea towards Prada, Prada Gate Feedback. I believe that uh, this is definitely a unique opportunity of learning, learning by doing and learning with companies. So they just, just to briefly recap, uh, they are giving for us an important support because, first of all, they help us in designing the program and then uh, they challenge our students in order to keep always continuously the contact between theory and real practice of companies. I love the fact that it's such a genuine partnership where they're really involved in, in the core design of the program and, and very much a part of it. But I imagine from their perspective, there must be a lot of benefits for them as an employer and as a corporate. Um, in your experience, what do you think that corporates have to gain from, from partnering with business schools on, on designing programs such as this? I, will, I believe that at the end of the day, because obviously they devote a lot of time to us, and just summarizing, I see two main benefits, frankly. The first one is brand awareness. You are increasing the awareness of your brands towards the younger generations that are not, and they are not always so aligned with the previous one, and this is a challenge for the luxury industry. So it's brand awareness, but also the possibility to understand which are the requirements of these new young generations that are either the current or the 
future customers of this company continuously. And secondly, is that obviously they have a priority in the visibility on uh, our students' CVs. So they have the bound to our classes, so 60 students, they follow them, they receive their CVs, they can really select uh, the best people with uh, the most advanced competences in the industry since the beginning with a priority in comparison to all of the other competitors. Absolutely. And then moving on a little bit to, to continuous learning, um, we're very familiar with the Flexa platform that, that MIP Polytechnical to Milano has in place um, to, to enable yeah. continuous learning for, for students and alumni. Um, but it's also now being made available to business professionals and companies this year. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about Flexa and how you think that, that a wider group can make use of this technology? Yeah, so sure. So Flexa, we are used to call it our digital mentor. So it's our MIP uh, continuous learning platform, as you mentioned. So it is used for students, for alumni, and also for business uh, business professionals. And uh, the idea that uh, we use in order to launch it is that uh, the competences that you get through a master or through a degree last uh, from uh, five to seven years. There are some resources that will demonstrate that, maybe also less. And so the, the real challenge is the opportunity to give to, to our students uh, the tool to have uh, a continuous learning that is not general, but uh, it is customized. So Flexa, uh, once you enroll it, uh, is doing a test to use or an assessment of the soft, hard, and digital skills to understand your starting point. Then it's asking you what is your current status in terms of um, uh, career and which are your uh, expectation in three years. On the basis of that, uh, the different tools based on uh, uh, algorithms of artificial intelligence are su su suggesting you the best approach in order to cover this gap. This is done with a bunch of uh, different solutions. Maybe the most important and the most appreciated by our students is what we call the daily workout. You define how many minutes per day you want to devote to your learning, uh, continuous learning experience could be 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, up to you. And Flexa is suggesting to you papers, uh, MOOCs, uh, case studies, clips that you can see, consistent and fully aligned with your needs and your competences to fill in in order to keep updated and relying on a network of uh, different uh, um, databases uh, existing worldwide, so not just sources uh, directly developed by the MIP. Uh, obviously, on top of this, uh, Flexa is helping you in filling this gap uh, through opportunities of networking, visibility of all of the events that we have, uh, contact with the setups that are role, challenges that exist. So I really believe that uh, uh, the, the, the possibility to have an assessment so it's not a standard but it's customized on who you are, what you know and where you want to arrive and it's a combination of learning and so teaching experience but also networking, contact with people, uh, challenges also through this platform. This is uh, the, the, the main advantage that uh, I see for, for guests and the reason why it's so different uh, profiles are involved that uh, this is a challenge for the students but more and more also companies are recognizing and are mentioning to us that uh, they have exactly the same challenge also for, for their people within the company. 
Fantastic. I mean, I think Flex is just such an exciting um, initiative and I'm really excited to see how that sort of pans out as you, as you take it a little bit wider over the coming months and years. Um, we've talked a lot about the, the business school and innovation there, but at the start of the interview, you mentioned that you're a researcher and academic as well. And I'd be very interested to find out a little bit more about your work. Um, I know that you've done some research into supply chain management, which is very much um, in the news at the moment in light of the, the COVID-19 crisis we're facing globally. Um, ethics come into play in supply chain and there's lots of exciting connections you can make between it and various other areas of business but talking specifically about COVID-19 do you think that going forward um, the lessons I suppose that we've learned from the crisis will encourage companies to view their supply chains differently in the future? I really believe yes because uh, COVID is uh, a dramatic impact on our lives. Uh, obviously, most of the attention is rightly on the output positions, but uh, we start to notice immediately also the dramatic implications that has uh, at the supply chain level. So, Apple that stopped delivering the products, or it's just an example of the implication at the supply chain level. I really hope yes. Some of the learning that we got during this crisis could last also later on. And I really believe that there are three or four concepts that are becoming more and more important. The first one is a matter of managing also the financial flows along the supply chains because the supply chain are definitely strongly interconnected. And if you are focused just on the material flows just on the information flows that are fundamental. Maybe you can miss some very strategic notes because you didn't take care of the financial point of view. I really hope that this crisis is teaching this to us. And so I really hope that something is going to change in the future. Secondly, we also understood, we already found it out in the past, but now it's clear that our supply chains can be weak. So to be able to be focused on concept of risk management, especially in global supply chains, there is some discussions to asking. Managers are asking themselves whether they get to revise their localization choices, maybe with some phenomenon of reshoring, the sourcing. I don't know if this is really going to happen, but to combine global choices with uh, decision in terms of risk management is something that uh, should be on top of priorities of uh, future supply chain managers. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Absolutely. And looking forward to the future, I'm going to finish the interview with a very difficult question. <laughs> but um, <laughs> ethics and sustainability, responsible management is, is really coming to the fore, um, certainly with, within business student mindsets and, and in the wider business arena. What would your advice to organizations hoping to ensure that their supply chains are, are ethical from start to finish be? How, how can they really ensure that sort of ethics and responsibility comes through throughout their entire sort of business process from start to finish? That's a very, very fundamental question, and I really believe that local uh, companies should be aware of their contribution. So the real role is that of uh, the the stronger company that you have in the supply chain, that is uh, the focal company, and uh, uh, you cannot uh, focus on uh, the value that you are generating just from an economic point of view anymore. So it's part of the value that the focal company generates, also to take into consideration the ethical implications, and this is something that a company can do just enrolling and involving the overall supply chain. To do this, uh, obviously the company can work upstream, so not accepting anymore to select a supplier, just because it is cheaper whether there are not some parameters uh, 
uh, ethical parameters to stay so to define and to change the internal rules uh, to uh, onboard uh, partners, but also the real change happens uh, whether the, the final consumers uh, is changing the requirements. I really believe that uh, if the final consumers uh, will start asking for different approaches, different products, different behaviors by their companies, uh, by definitions, uh, just to uh, keep the satisfactions of their customers high, companies are going to change. And so uh, also the, the, the role of the focal companies is to train final consumers and to show to them that uh, some behaviors are simply not acceptable anymore. In order to do this, so obviously it is a matter of engagement because all of the actors of the supply chain should be on the same page, should understand the value of this, but it's also really a matter of uh, transparency and visibility. You cannot be ethical, you cannot be sustainable, whether you are First of all, not uh, fully transparent. If you are not uh, uh, willing to make you make in the eyes of your customer just to show who you are and to demonstrate that you operate uh, in uh, an ethical point of view. I really believe that uh, there is a mandatory request to work in order to shape a better future for our communities and uh, focus companies, supply chains are on top of this challenge for the future. Well, it's a long and complex journey, but I think that there's lots of reasons from what you're saying to, to be positive. Um, thank you so much. We, thank you so much for your time. We've, we've covered so much. Um, so lots of, <laughs> it, it's been brilliant to hear your story about all the initiatives at your school, about um, the developments you've got coming up, and also a really nice, interesting insight into, into ethics and supply chain. So thank you so much for taking the time to speak to me today. Thank you very much for inviting me. It was uh, really a pleasure for me. Well, we have a wealth of articles and content on program design, innovation, technology, sustainability and ethics, all available on our magazine Ambition. And you can read that at www.associationofmbas.com forward slash ambition.